my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that this finds you well, that you're having a great day, and that you are super excited about the third piece of the Healed and Loved Woman framework coming at you today. So we have been in the middle of our a series where I am talking about um, our model that I am going to be teaching more out of forever, (laughs) or actually the model that all of my teachings have just been building up to, but putting it together in a way that I'm really excited about to have women know what is their journey to become a healed and loved woman, which is what we all want and desire, or I hope that's what you want and desire if you're listening to this podcast. So I've already gone over the first two components. I did um, the first component of the Healed and Loved Woman framework in episode 82, um, talking about going from being love addicted to love balance. And I talked about the second component of the framework in episode 83, going from love avoidant to love available. And today I'm going to talk about the third component of going from love deprived and living in love deprivation to living in our love worthiness. So this is going to be so awesome. Can't wait to explain it to you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So each episode, I give you three components of what it is to live in the before, which is love deprivation for today and what it's like to three components of what it is to live in the after, which is love worthiness. But before I do that, I need to tell you about love deprivation in general. So as you know, I teach about intimacy disorders and one intimacy disorder is love addiction. Another one is love avoidance. And another type of intimacy disorder is love deprivation, aka love anorexia or sexual anorexia. I have recently over the last year decided to rename love anorexia to love deprivation, even though people in my community have not done that and um, don't plan to do that just because I want to respect any woman who has struggled with eating disorders. And I just want to put some respect on that, even though there is definitely an indulge and binging cycle, which I'm going to talk about, but I just wanted to not have that be a distraction or feel triggering for anyone who, who may, who may want to learn more. So all that said, love deprivation is when you will compulsively avoid giving or receiving nourishment, whether that nourishment is emotional nourishment, physical nourishment, 
um, sexual, social, it can be one of those, all of those, a couple of those. Um, but it's, it's basically you living in deprivation of your needs and not giving voice to it because you have this deep, intense fear of being rejected, abandoned, and also having shame for the needs that you have. So you go and you avoid and restrict it altogether. You may desperately crave love, but fear and have anxiety around what it means to actually get there right? You can have some overlap in some of the other things I've already talked about with love avoidance and love addiction. Um, That's probably the first question I get whenever I reintroduce or I introduce intimacy disorders to people for the first time. I'll get a DM or a question in the chat if, if it's a live video or something saying, can you be both? And the answer is absolutely. You can absolutely be all of these because they all interchange. But some of the overlap that you can have if you struggle with love deprivation is just like a love avoidance. So you fear the engulfment and the suffocation and you fear loss of self if you get attached to someone because you've never had an example of what healthy love is. But you might fear your own sexual body. You might feel your own sexuality. And so you will live in restriction from what you actually want, which is different than those who identify as asexual. People who are asexual have no desire, period. And people who live in love deprivation is you do have desire for sexual pleasure and sexual health, but you have shame and fear around your body, around sexual connection and all the things that come with that. But you might have fear about starting a relationship. You might have fear about exiting a relationship and you definitely have fear about people seeing you for who you are. And so again, um, people who live in love deprivation might isolate. These are my ladies who definitely have a lot of fantasy because it is safe to connect to yourself in your head versus going out for what you want. But you, you, you're grown and you have sexual needs. So if you're not connecting to other people, you might find an overindulgence in pornography or um, I've worked with women who are compulsive masturbators or things that are just off kilter for what would be normal and healthy and functioning for you. But you might to that point, just because you struggle with love deprivation and being attuned to your um, sexual needs. I've also worked with women who might numb out with sexuality. So over connecting with people and hookups and because you don't know how to connect with people, you will use hookups and all of that as a replacement to try to get your fix. And for my ladies who are sex positive, I just want to be very clear. Well, first we should all be sex positive, but for my, especially for my women who are very much advocates of it, this is different than who are attuned to our sexual needs. We may say, you know what, I just need to get laid. And you are attuned to that. You know your intentions behind it. You're able to choose the partner you want and go for it versus this compulsion around, I just need to be touched. And there's more anxiety and and trauma and self-medication that's underneath, underneath that versus a true empowerment and true connection to, I'm a woman, I have needs. These are the needs that I want and this is how I want them fulfilled and I'm actively choosing it versus feeling compelled to do it. So hopefully that makes sense. One thing for you to look out for is if after hookups, like if you think this might be you, if after hookups you feel a lot of intense shame and emptiness afterwards and with the shame you can, you'll need to look at, is this coming from some kind of 
internalized spiritual trauma, which is what I hear most often with women when it comes to um, just feeling blocked in their sexuality and being able to own it along with, of course, sexual trauma. But it can also be because you thought that you wanted to connect and go out and and be with people, be with partners because you're trying to own your sexuality, but it's because you weren't being honest that what you actually wanted and you weren't aware of what you actually wanted was to truly be nurtured and touched and seen and caressed and loved on. And that is something that you're not getting with all these hookups, no matter how hot the person is, no matter how good it is, no matter how many times you're able to orgasm afterwards, you're still not feeling it. And that actually makes you feel worse and it makes you feel more empty. Um, And along with that, there's like low self-worth and all that stuff. So I'm definitely getting into (laughs) the three components of the before, but because I don't spend, I haven't spent a lot of time talking about love deprivation in detail. um, I wanted to explain it a little bit more so that people know what this is. One more thing about deprivation before I move into the components. So many women struggle with love deprivation without knowing that they're doing that because the things that they're focusing on to isolate are things that look good on paper and look good to the public and might actually be related to their own personal goals. But again, it's an excess because you are forsaking your actual needs. So for example, um, I will work with women who will go long periods of time neglecting their own emotional health and their own mental health and their own sexual or social needs because they are focusing on their children. So they will go years and years and um, decades even focus on taking care of everybody else and neglecting themselves um, when really they have their own needs that need to be met and they don't know that you can do both or that it's not even a thing that they want to consider because maybe they've tried before and been disappointed. So it's easier and they find more purpose in the moment. Um, even though it's a long moment, taking care of someone else. Um, Also, self-love detoxes can be a form of isolation for some people. If you are doing a self-love detox because your heart has been broken or you've been betrayed by a friend or betrayed by family and you're like, you know what, I just need to forget everybody and focus on myself, that sounds great. However, healthy, balanced women are able to be in relationship too. So the complete removal of other people altogether does not teach you how to connect with people in a way that doesn't lose yourself to make sure that you're choosing people that are healthy for you so that you don't have to keep going on these detoxes from people because every time you connect to someone, you connect to people who use you or connect to people who don't listen to you or take from you or cheat on you or, you know, shut you down and just want you to be their puppet. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that um, it can show up in your relationships. But yes, those of us who are like, I'm just going to focus on me and you forget about people for years and years on end, that is more of a sign to living in deprivation to what is a real basic need of you as a human, which is to connect. All right. So that's a lot. So I'm about to get into the three befores and I'm going to get into the three components of the afters. There will 
definitely be some overlap, I'm sure. Um, but again, I just wanted to give that first explanation. This is the framework, by the way, that I will be teaching at at our conference this October. We have eight spots left for women who want to um, and work on this together in person. There will be a day committed to each one of these components to make sure that you return home with healing and transformation and it not to just be a phase. So would love to have you there. If you're one of those who are like, that's me, I need one of those eight spots. We'd love to have you. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash conference to join us. So with that said, the first component of living in love deprivation is the extreme fear of rejection. It is, you know, no one likes feeling disappointed or hurt or, you know, told no, but for someone who struggles with love deprivation, um, you have an intense feeling of, of shame and unworthiness that, that shows up in your fear of rejection. So you will not go out for relationships, go out for things, make your interests known. You will avoid even admitting that you have these desires yourself because it's kind of too painful to, to admit to yourself because of the longing and the yearning that might come along with it. And it's because of that fear. So that is living in love deprivation, what it looks like on that side versus the when a woman is living in her love worthiness, instead of fearing rejection, she desires closeness. So because she knows that she's worthy, because she knows that she is valuable, because she knows that she is special just because of who she is, um, the fear of being rejected is not really a, a major factor, right? I, I think it is normal that in certain situations, you know, as we grow and we expand and we change, that there is a level of like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, what if you know, what if they don't like me or what if this, that can happen for some people, for some people it's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> that doesn't happen at all. I just want to validate that sometimes that can happen. Cause I know we can be in extremes and say, man, if I have this feeling at all, does that mean that I don't love myself? Um, the fact that you have that awareness and that you're working on it is great. But a woman who knows her worth and knows that she is worthy of receiving love, desires to be close to people and is open to being close to people. She can receive that closeness with others and also initiate it too, because she trusts that love is available for her. A woman who struggles with love deprivation, the second component is the high sense of carried shame, which I kind of alluded to with the first point. So our low self-worth, those of us who struggle with love deprivation, comes from childhood trauma. It comes from shame that may have been projected onto us from other people. It um, absolutely always comes from our needs being neglected. So whenever we are in touch with just a little piece of our need, we feel shame and we feel guilty and we wonder if we're asking for too much or wanting too much um, and we will avoid it. Sometimes the high functioning way of having shame for your needs will look like talking yourself out of going for things that you want um, and putting it off until later. Um, you're able to rationalize why whatever you want to invest in or go out for, this is not the right time for it, that you will do it later. 
If you struggle with love worthiness, you have an upper, upper cap limit of how much you think you're worth. Whether that worth is measured in time, whether that worth is measured in money, whether that money that is that um, cap is measured in affection, you are able to justify and rationalize with bullet points usually why your upper cap with money makes sense because you are you're financially sound and you are building generational wealth. And so it is unwise to spend X amount on yourself. So it doesn't matter if the thing that you're not investing on is a new bra and you're going too long without getting a new bra because you quote unquote don't have the money for it or driving around in a busted car or, you know, you've heard me say just buying what you actually want at a restaurant because you have an upper limit on how much you are worth. And so you're constantly living in deprivation and constantly living in just enough. And you tell yourself that one day something will happen uh, where I feel more sound and more in the place where I feel like I can invest in myself. But what I'm telling you is it doesn't matter where you are, how much money you make, what situation you are, you're going to carry your own sense of self-worth with you wherever you go. The same thing with the upper limit in time, whether or not you are worth taking a break, taking a luxurious bubble bath just because, um, taking time out for yourself, right? How much you feel like you're worth in a relationship, how much is just is just enough affection versus what you're actually worth, which is why you will stay in relationships with unavailable people who are ignoring you and neglecting you for longer than you need because your upper limit tells you that, okay, this is how much I'm actually worth. And if they give me a little bit of a crumb that's over that upper limit, upper limit, then I'll take that instead of actually going for what you actually deserve. So I'm going to share a story that's on my mind because I had a um, call with ladies who were interested in working together last night and the, the subject of investing in ourselves came up. And so I shared more details of a story that I've shared in part here on the podcast. So my first big investment in myself was maybe four, four or five years ago. I can't remember, but it was several years ago. And up until that time, I had had a very distinct and small upper limit. So my first big self-development investment in myself that was not business related, that was not family related, that was just purely for me and just about me feeling better was a course called Money Bootcamp by Denise Duffield Thomas. The course is all about healing money wounds and money trauma and working through learning how to manifest and being abundant and all that stuff. And I knew just because of things that were going on around me at that time that that is something that I wanted. So I watched all of her YouTube videos, took notes. Um, I got her book that I think had just come out. No, the book had already been out. Um, So I got the book and read it. I did all of her free challenges. And like all the people who are, are coaches, whenever there's like a free challenge or something, it always ends with like a pitch to their program. So... I did all the all the stuff. I'm like a super fan. I'm like, this is great. Like this program, like whatever it is, like this is what I need. I know that this is my next step. So the time comes for enrollment to happen and she shares the price, which was um, like right over $1,000, I think at that point, or a little bit over $1,000. And I was like, there's, I'm not spending that <laughs> on anything. Like, 
And I got so mad, y'all. I was so mad. I felt bamboozled. I felt like that was so selfish that it was an exorbitant amount to charge for this course that was like, you know, however many modules or lessons. Like I was like, I had in my mind how much it should be. And so I left. And I and I and I think I might have left from following her for a while because I just made up in my mind how how wrong it was. Um, and I had done I did the challenge to try to manifest the money and it didn't come. And I remember I emailed customer service and I said, y'all said that if I did this, I would be able to 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 make this change. And it didn't happen. And customer service like, I'm so sorry that, you know, this was your experience, you know, but the healing journey takes time. Um hope that you're able to join us at a future date. And I just felt like that was so callous because I felt this entitlement too. I felt like I'm in pain. Like, you know, I'm in pain. I want to work on this. Like you should, you should have read my email and given me a discount and known that, you know, I, I deserve this. Right. And that didn't happen. And I was like, and they don't care either. So it just really solidified the story I had in my mind. So I go off and I'm like, I'm going to do this by myself. Like, I don't need to spend that amount of money in this. So I kept kept going and I kept doing everything by myself and still having the same problems I was having. All the free stuff wasn't working um, the way that I wanted it to, the way that I needed it to. And so I came back around and this time I was like, all right, I know how much this is going to be. I was prepared to pay it. I was like, I don't want to, but I will because I know I need the help. And I came back to the program and when did you know this woman raised the price? And I was mad. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad at myself for waiting. And But at this point, I was like, I need help. So I'm going to go ahead and put in my credit card number and pay these payments. And oh, man, like, and I felt y'all, I felt it felt very uncomfortable. It it, it felt like it was what I needed, but it felt wrong and against what I thought it should cost. But I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and do this and give give this money and like whatever and kind of has some bitterness behind it. Right. But getting into that program because it was the right fit for me, that program helped heal so much stuff inside of me. And because it's such a great program, I still continue to go back to it because thank God her program is one of the types that doesn't, some people like you only have it for this amount of time and I take it away. Her program's like you have it continuously. And I still go back to it to review certain concepts. I still go back to the membership group to ask questions and get support and get inspiration. You know, she still is available to, um, she does only calls once a month instead of weekly calls just for her own capacity. I've even learned about being a coach from her about what it means to, to adjust the program that still tends to the people inside, but also like you can't give when you're burnt out. Um, it helps so much. And looking back, there are two big things that happened. First, there wasn't any part of me that regrets spending the amount of money that I spent on that program because it was worth that. But I didn't know it was worth that until I actually made that step. And it broke that upper limit that I had in myself because I thought that I was only worth 
$37 for a program, maybe, right, for some um, little workshop. I resented when people would give all this free content and then have the nerve to charge me $37 for a workshop. Like you, you're supposed to be helping me, right? Sometimes in our unworthiness, we can have some, some victimhood around that. And I pause before I say this because I remember being in this place and how tender and sensitive and resentful I was of anyone who might even suggest something like that because I would be like, you don't understand like what I need and what I've been through and I do love myself and how dare you and all this stuff. But I had caps on how much I thought I was worth and it wasn't, it was anything that was for me. I had caps on how much I should spend on shoes, how much I should spend on furniture, how much I should spend on cleaning supplies. Y'all, like when it came to cutting myself short and everybody has their thing, some people will spend a whole bunch of money on hair, but go and dig and search in the back of a, a meat pile when you're when you're buying chicken, looking for the pack that's 40 cents less than the other pack, right? Like we all have a threshold on how much stuff should cost and how much we're worth. And we need to be aware of that. And the reason why it's important I talk about money here, y'all, is because if love worthiness is something that you struggle with, you are going to need to get comfortable with the idea of investing in yourself. My ladies who struggle with love deprivation, you put yourself last. And so you need to get comfortable with the fact that you are going to have to get a therapist, that you are going to have to rebuild your wardrobe, that you are going to have to throw out things that have just been easy to keep and be comfortable, that you are going to have to upgrade different places in your life because you are worthy and it is going to suck and it's going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to feel cheated and you're going to feel selfish and it's going to feel like a waste when you do it because you've never done it before, right? You have always either gotten things things on the free or for cheap or you might you, the way you might justify living in love deprivation for stuff is maybe you do have a high threshold for some things. Maybe you will spend and, and, um, and be very indulgent in some areas of your life. And so to hear a message like this, where I'm challenging places that are coming up in your mind that you may be living in love deprivation, it's like, sis, that ain't me. Like I, I will invest in myself. Well, if that's the case, what's up with this? Why is there a cap? in this area of your life? Why are you not worth it here? Especially if you've been trying to get everything you need and it's not working for you, right? Maybe it's as simple as instead of you Googling all your, all your efforts, you actually need to buy a book. Y'all, I can't tell you, and <laughs> I cannot tell you, and I don't mean to laugh, but I cannot tell you how many times I've had a conversation with different people and I don't remember who the people are. So if you're one of those people who's listening right now, this message is for you. But how many times I will talk to someone and they talk about a really good book that they want to read and they're like, yeah, I'm going to wait until my turn at the library. And either the book is not in stock at the library or they're like 192 on the list while they're waiting for it to come to them. Meanwhile, the library book is like $10, $12 or the book is like $10 or $12 on Amazon. And because I know who these people are, these people have $10 or $12. I'm not talking about people who like literally don't have, like they have $10 or $12. And I'm in my head and I don't say it out loud. Cause 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As one, they didn't ask my opinion. And um, two, they're most likely not willing to do that work and shift that mindset. But that's that's what I mean. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Like, where are the places that you are getting in your own way and sabotaging you being able to move to the next level? This book, this $9.99 book could be the thing that finally helps you shift and you're going to put it off for months because it's not free, right? This is the challenge that, that I'm, that I'm um, positing to you today. So once I took action to invest in myself in that program, I learned the difference between intuition and fear caused by low self-worth. 
because there is such a thing as wisdom. There is such a thing as caution. There is such a thing if I move out of the money realm to talk about in relationships where you're trying to assess like, is this enough? And is this what I'm worth? There is a place for like seeing, okay, is this the place that I'm compromising in or um, because it's worth compromising in? Or is this a place that I'm just settling in because I'm too afraid to actually ask for what I want because I'm afraid that I'm being selfish or needy or people told me I'm too picky and that's why I'm going to be single forever. So I'm silencing what I need, right? I learned the difference between what is actually just nervousness because this is new and I've not ever stepped into this level before and what is true discernment, right? And before I thought I was being very discerning. But what was actually happening and playing out to me is I had been so used to depriving myself of what I need and making do and performing, overperforming and overgiving to myself in certain areas and restricting and ignoring my needs and, and the other ones that it was just normal to me. And anyone that was outside of that box was either threatening, selfish, bougie, right? How many of us will judge other people, especially other women, for taking care of themselves in, in certain ways that seems over extravagant to us. It's, we, we literally will say, she's doing too much. She's doing the most, right? Because it's outside of our own personal thresholds. And y'all, as long as whatever someone is doing is benefiting them and is not hurting you, is not hurting them, is not coming from a place of like, pride and ego and better than and like flaunting, but just out of self-love, you should be cheering that person on. And you should see that as, as a, as inspiration for how you can manifest that same stuff in yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that you show up in the same way that they do, but it means that whatever you're going for, y'all, if you're someone listening to me and you love rock climbing, and the way that you live in deprivation is you go to your rock climbing gym on Tuesday mornings because it's $10 when really you want to go more often and you're stopping yourself from getting the $40 um, or yeah, let's say $60 a month all unlimited pass um, because it's beyond your threshold of how much you think you should pay. You need to go and get that $60, month, $60 a month rock climbing pass. You need to do it. You need to, if you are tired of watching Hulu with commercials and you don't have somebody's password <laughs> who has, has the commercial free option, you need to go ahead and pay that couple extra dollars to get the Hulu pass that doesn't give commercials. Girl, you are worth it. You are worth it. I promise you are worth it. And you're not going to know that until you do it. There's no amount of thinking about it, of saving up or working up to it. That's going to give you the muscle memory that you need until you actually take action. Afraid, do it afraid, do it afraid. Now is the time for you to take action and execute on whatever it is that you know that you need and you know that you want and you're waiting until later on for what? For why? And if I'm on your list and you've been playing around and kind of waiting until this magic time to work together, then you just go ahead and you email me or you send me a DM and you're like, Sheena, I'm ready. I've been, I've been tripping. I'm ready. What do I need to do? 
and I'll get you set up. You'll get your special welcome video from me. We'll set you up with your first pre-work assignment working on boundaries. We'll talk about our next group call time and we're going to get started immediately, right? But it is all about you taking that first step for whatever it is, right? And I'm going to tell you what my first, <laughs> as I was recording this and like doing the editing of it, I was thinking it, it popped up on my phone. I was like, well, is there any place that I need to take my own advice? And I'm like, no, I'm, I think I'm showing up for myself. And what I realized it was, is I'm looking on Facebook and an article pops up from the New York times. And it's about like Bernie Sanders and the inauguration and something about the mittens that he was wearing. Cause you know, we're all, you know, talking about him looking real comfortable and I click on it. And it tells me that I've um, passed my threshold for the free articles. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this over the last year once they started charging for their articles. And I was like, how dare they? And it's like, what, like a dollar a month or like $8 for the year or something like that. And I just felt so entitled. And I was like, how dare you charge me for news for free? I'll go and read it someplace else. Like, I don't need to look at this article knowing dang well, I like the New York Times because of how they write about stories, because of the think pieces, because I feel like it's different than the way other news articles and media outlets put things out. It's in my style and it feels enriching. And so I think I'm worth a dollar um, a month. I think so. And so I was very convicted. So later on, I'm going to go ahead and swipe my card to get the experience of being and paying for a subscription to the New York Times. And you know, this is why it's different for everybody because someone might be listening to me say that and be like, girl, it ain't that big of a deal. But for me, it is. Just like someone else can listen to what might be that thing for you and be like, I do that all the time. Like, why is that so hard for you, right? So we need to look at what is our thing and take action. And if 2020 has not taught us anything else, it's taught us so many things, but it's definitely taught us that we need to seize our moments. And we are the ones who need to figure out how to take care of ourselves. We do. And give ourselves what we need today. So many of y'all learn that just in your private time by yourself and spending all this time by yourself. You've learned it by going through some really hard times for some of you and having to reassess what's important. And I hope that you know that you are on that list. You're at the top of the list because once you're good, everything else is good. So what are the things that you are living in deprivation of? What are the appointments and professionals that you are not going to work with because you are living in deprivation? So I hope that's helpful. I need us to move out of the resentment and bitterness and judgment and shame and victimhood that living in deprivation will give us because we will feel like things are not fair and like people don't understand us and um, it's their fault if they don't give us what we need when the, the onus starts with us. And low key, those people, that money bootcamp program did me a favor because if they actually gave me a discount, it would have reemphasized this message that I had about myself and the message I had about the world that things just don't work out for me and things are too hard. And I'm always going to be someone who just needs to accept something that's less than. And I needed to be able to feel empowered 
by stepping into that program, by doing it myself. And I wouldn't have gotten that lesson if I didn't do that, if I didn't have that experience, especially because before that happened and also a little bit after that, but it definitely broke, broke that before that happened, I was so resolute in this, um, in this feeling and belief about myself that I don't ask anyone for anything. So when I do ask and they don't give me what I need, it just reinforces that message that I'm by myself and I'm all alone, but I was looking at it differently. Um, I was looking at it from a place of pain. So again, that no was actually the catalyst for something beautiful for me, but I didn't know it at the time and I know it now. So with all of that said, if the second component of living in love deprivation is this really um, overwhelming sense of shame and feeling not enough, then the other side of that living in our love worthiness is an overwhelming sense of self-value and knowing that you are worthy an unshakable sense of self-pride. You know that you're worthy just because you are here, because you exist, because um, you are made special. And the thing about being in this, this place of self-love and self-value is that it's expansive. So where shame and, um, and low self-worth can feel restrictive, where that will get us into competition and there's not enough room for everybody because I have an unshakable sense of self-worth and self-pride, my, my, the, the pride and confidence I have for myself makes room for other people to be just as funny as I am and just as beautiful as I am and just as smart and talented and when someone else gets into a relationship and gets love that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not I'm able to be in a relationship and half love because I know that there one is enough in the world. And two, I know that I'm worthy of it. I know that someone having does not mean that it's taken out of my hands. And if we have grown up in a way where that has been the case, where for me to have means that someone else goes without or vice versa, then of course it can feel very threatening and we are constantly in hypervigilance mode trying to make sure that we are, we are safe to feel enough and we are safe to be in our, in our, in our high self-worth. But when we are in our love worthiness, we know just is unshakable our truth that we are worthy of love, just like other people are worthy of love, and there's enough for us all. Earlier in the explanation today, when I was um, talking about that fear rejection, and I was saying, you know, sometimes it's afraid, it's okay for you to um, kind of like be nervous at times, but then there are some of us where that's not our experience, and it's not our experience because we know that our value is consistent whether or not someone decides to be our friend to take us to be a part of their team, um, whether or not they hire us, you know, hello entrepreneurs out there like me, that we are able to maintain our sense of self-worth because we know that what they have going on and what their decisions are does not influence whether or not we have something to bring to the table, right? I do think that some personality types are easier to slip into this place or to stay into this place just because um, your internal um, either resilience or your way of seeing the world or just your temperament is um, a lot more secure and a lot more clear. So 
it could be hard for you when you meet someone who is struggling with owning their worth because you're like, girl, what's the matter with you? Like, of course you're beautiful. Of course you're worthy. Um, and you have maybe have less patience because this hasn't been something that you have struggled with before. All that to say, we want to be at a place where we can self-affirm and just know the truth of who we are and that we are enough and not need other people to co-sign up on it. Like our word is bond. <laughs> um, our word is gospel enough for that. The word of, for those of my ladies who are religious, the word of God is enough for you. And whenever you're struggling with low self-worth and shame, um, there's not enough scriptures that are going to make you believe that until you heal the wound that makes you feel like you are not enough, right? That is the block for some of you in your, in your religious journey right now, because there's trauma that is stopping you from actually receiving what you, what you believe to be true about what the Bible, whatever religious text you have around you says about you. And you're trying to pray it away instead of unlearning the miseducation you've been given about who you are in this world and where that comes from. And there's something deeper you got to do there. And the last component of living in love deprivation is um, like I shared in my description at the beginning is you may cycle between isolations, um, periods of isolation, and then binging on self-medicating behaviors to help you feel in touch with yourself and give yourself pleasure. So you'll go long periods of time, restricting yourself from the things that you want, being super on budget, right? Not spending anything. And then you go and you do a huge shopping spree that is many times more than the actual budget that you would have spent if you were actually buying things um, as you went throughout time, right? If you were buying things in a sober mind, um, you go lots of period of time without any relationships and, you know, just focusing on yourself or focusing on your career or just um, and intentionally avoiding and not really focusing on anything positive. And then you decide, you know what? I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of waiting for life to come to me. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I want. And you do all of that. And you don't necessarily feel better on the other side. Just like, you know, you do the shopping spree and you don't necessarily feel good there too. Even if you bought things that you needed because you were doing it out of a place of pain instead of out of a place of wholeness, it doesn't connect. And so the other extreme of this, the other side of this, um, not the extreme, but the, the love worthy version of this is that you're able to indulge and give to yourself in a way that is balanced and healthy, that you're able to see yourself as worthy of whatever it is that is your heart desire and not restrict yourself of it, but you can do it in a sober mind in a way that doesn't put you in dysfunction. So putting together the different examples I gave today, you could have heard what I shared about investing in this um, $2,000 course because that's how much it ended up being at the end. Well, more than that, because I did the payment plan, which was the other thing that made me mad about this. I was like, because the payment plan was like several hundred dollars more than paying in full. And so I was like, oh, so now I got to pay more than the actual like amount of the program just because I don't have $2,000 to pay in full. Like I was, I was hot y'all. I was pressed. Um, but we know how that ended up. But anyways, you could hear that story and think that I'm saying, go out, spend lots of money, live beyond your means and da, 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 da. That's not. So when you are healthy and balanced in what you want and what you desire, you are able to make from a conscious place. This is my need. 
This is what, what's going to make me feel more connected to myself. This is an area that I may be living in deprivation of, or this is a place that I've been taking really good care of myself and I want to continue to take good care of myself. And you're able to decide whether or not you're going to make the investment in time or in energy or in money from a place of, um, of security versus a place of compulsion. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. So I'm going to stop there with the examples just because this episode, even though I jumped right into the teaching, it is longer than I expected it to be. And I want to keep it at my normal, normal length of time. But this is the third component of love worthiness. This is the thing that's underlying every single thing and every single issue that you may find um, because again, how we feel about ourselves will show up in the things that we ask of people, the things we don't ask for people, um, the things we're willing to accept, um, the things that we are willing to be honest with ourselves about, especially if we're so used to neglecting our needs because we come from places where other people neglected our needs. So it's just normal. This, this is where the, 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 the meat is. This is where the the money is, so to speak. I was trying to avoid saying money since I've talked so much about money, Um, but that's the phrase. So anyone (laughs) who may have been listening and you're like, Black Rose Hill is on my list and I'm wanting to get started on this, but I need another option. I got you. What I have decided to do and what I want to share with you is our You Are Worthy program titled You Are Worthy because I want to help you get to the root of why you may feel unworthy so that you can start to change your story. So if you participated in our free challenge this past December, the ladies who did, um, you really enjoyed it. Um, you got a lot from those lessons. So we are going to be doing that plus a little bit more. So looking at where did this story start in your family? Um, how has this impacted your inner little girl? How does this connect to the relationships that you're choosing and what to do now? And it's legitimately going to be all of those lessons, not like here's a little bit of something um, just for you to opt into our bigger program. I want any woman who gets this, who struggles with unworthiness to be able to have some ahas and revelation and know how to move forward. So I am sharing you are worthy with you now. It will be something that is available all of the time. So also no worries about missing enrollment times or is this program open? Is it not? I want women, no matter where they are, no matter what time they are listening to this, where they are in the future to be able to access something to get started and to start to unlearn all of these messages that we have um, internalized our whole life. In celebration of this being all about being able to love ourselves more, own our worth, let go of all the lies that people told us because we're able to pinpoint what those lies are and where they came from. Um, We are going to launch this on Valentine's Day, um, especially since it was supposed to be the weekend of our conference. It's the Black Girls Hill podcast anniversary. Um, So Valentine's Day, um, you will be able to get started. 
but you can still enroll now and to help anyone who is interested, I'm going to give you a coupon code to take $100 off. I'm excited to, to, to gift this to y'all because I want every woman to be healed and loved. So with all that said, you can go ahead and pre-enroll, use the coupon code. Well, let me tell you the link. The link for you to enroll is to go to blackgirlsheal.org slash worthy. Um, and you'll be taken to directly to the checkout page. You're going to enter the coupon code worthy to take off um, that $100. And I hope that you find this to be a blessing once you're able to open it on Valentine's Day our Valentine's Day weekend and keep the material forever to come back to and use as you need. Listen to the meditations around self-worth. Listen to the lessons about um, how amazing you are and owning that um, because because you deserve it. So um, all the ladies who enrolled in the conference or who are thinking about enrolling in the conference because Valentine's Day was supposed to be our time to get together, you're going to get it for free. So don't even worry about following the link. You are going to be able to go ahead and get started on this yourself. Um, And I hope that you enjoy this gift because I just I'm so excited about meeting all of you ladies in person and taking what you're going to learn deeper um, and really transforming helping you transform um, and get to the other end of this process. So that's it for this episode. Um, Shout out to everybody who stayed to the end. (laughs) Whatever you heard, um, because I'm about to edit it now, whatever you heard, I still kind of just like took a moment and prayed about it and kept the parts in that you heard um, because I want to make sure that it is received. But I also want to tell you the truth and love because I want to save any of y'all for su- from suffering and going into loops longer than you need to. So I love you. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed part three and we will be back to our normal schedule next week and sending you all love. Talk to you later. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.